What's up, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of the Grit Fitness and Performance Podcast. As always, I am your host, Chris Sanchez, and right off the bat, I'm going to apologize because I'm recording this on my phone because I forgot all the microphones and all the audio equipment at uh, <laughs> at Grit. Um, so if the sound quality is less than stellar on this one, just going to go ahead and apologize right off the bat. Um, so I think we have a really good episode for you guys today. We're going to talk about something that I think is uh, underappreciated and probably not really understood by a lot of people. Um, we're basically just going to go over your basic metabolism and how it breaks down and how it relates to your weight loss or weight gain or fat loss efforts um, in the long run. So of course, if you guys enjoy the show, um, please go leave a review or a rating or whatever they allow you to do on whatever platform um, you listen to on. Um, the ratings and reviews help tremendously. And of course, if you want to stalk our lives, uh, just visit our social media pages on TikTok uh, at GritFitPerform or on Instagram at GritFitnessAndPerformance or the website GritFitnessAndPerformance.com. So with all the boring stuff out of the way, let's go ahead and get started and dive right into it because nothing annoys me more than a podcast with nine minutes of nothing before they actually get into the nitty gritty stuff. Okay, so... Today we're going to talk about your basic metabolism. So your metabolism um, basically is all the cellular processes that go on within your body that are necessary in order to carry out life basically. So, you know, the breaking down of food, the um, using those food um, nutrients and food products and breaking down and building them into new cells, new muscles, new hair, new nails, um, all of that stuff needed in the ongoing process to just keep you, you, that is your metabolism. And normally when people say the word metabolism, they refer to it in the sense of strictly how fast you are able to burn and utilize food. And that's true, but there's a little bit more that goes into it. So next time you say the phrase, oh, you know, my metabolism, just know that there's a lot more that goes into it than strictly the ability to take in food, break it down and utilize it efficiently. That's a huge portion of it. And that's actually the portion we're going to talk about today because this is a fitness podcast and a lot of people listening are interested in losing fat, losing weight and becoming the healthiest version of themselves. That's what we're going to talk about today. So when it comes to your, your metabolism, okay, when you account for all the calories that you burn in a given day, this is known as your total daily energy expenditure, okay? Your T-D-E-E. So this means the total amount of calories that you burn in a given day, that is your total daily energy expenditure, okay? Now, this T-D-E-E, total daily energy expenditure, can be divided into basically two categories. Your resting energy expenditure and your non-resting energy expenditure. So your REE and your NREE. This would be a lot easier to follow if you guys actually had something visual in front of you. So I'll try not to use too many acronyms, but if you ever see these acronyms online or on social media, 
now you know what they're referring to. So again, you're taking down your uh, sorry your your total daily <laughs> total daily your total daily energy expenditure can be broken down into resting and basically non-resting energy expenditure. So you're resting energy expenditure. Okay, this is exactly what it sounds like. It is the energy expenditure um, that your body will use. It basically burning calories at rest when you are not doing anything by simply existing. Okay. This is what resting energy expenditure accounts for. Now, what I think a lot of people are not aware of is just how high of your total, basically calorie burn. It comes from a percentage of this resting energy expenditure to be more precise about 70% of the calories that you burn on a given day are a result of your resting energy expenditure, okay? Now, within this resting energy expenditure, the calories that you burn at rest, you have what's known as your basal metabolic rate, your BMR. And I'm sure if you're at all into you know health and fitness and you've read or seen things on social media, you may have you know come across this BMR, this basal metabolic rate. But what is your basal metabolic rate and what are the factors that affect this? So your basal metabolic rate is basically measuring the minimum number of calories that you need to perform your body's most basic functions, breathing, producing new cells, cleaning up old cells, uh, maintaining the temperature of your body. These are the things that account for your basal metabolic rate. It is the base, the basal level of your calorie expenditure within this resting energy expenditure count. Now, everyone's got a different BMR. Some people are going to have higher BMRs. Some people are going to have lower BMRs. And some of the factors that are going to affect this are as follows. Some you can't control, like your age or your genetics. So the younger you are, the higher your basal metabolic rate is going to be, okay? You've got that young blood in you. You're a, you're, you know, a, a, a lively spring chicken. You're ready to go. So your basal metabolic rate is going to be high. You are going to burn more calories by simply being younger. Another thing that's going to affect this that you can't really control are your genetics. So you have to thank mom and dad for this. So, um, you know, if you have better genetics, you're going to have a higher basal metabolic rate. So if your parents, uh, you know, if your mom was an Olympic track star and your dad was in the NFL, there's a solid chance that you're probably going to have a high basal metabolic rate just because you've got good genetics working for you. So if you're one of those people who thinks like, oh, my metabolism is so slow and I don't know why, well, you might want to turn and look at mom and dad and uh, ask him what's going on. Why did you guys, what's wrong with you guys? You could have done better, do better, do better. Um, now other things, uh, oh, sorry. And then another thing that you cannot control when it comes to your basal metabolic rate, almost forgot about this one is your gender. Now we're not going to dive into this topic. Let's just, just for the sake of this podcast, assume that everyone on earth still thinks that there are two genders. Okay. If you're a dude, you are going to burn more calories at rest than if you are a girl. Okay. 
let's leave it at that. This will not turn into a gender podcast. Uh, but basically, guys are going to burn more calories than their female counterparts. Sorry, ladies. That's just the way it is. You can't help it. Neither can the guys. So don't get mad at them for that. Now, in terms of things that you can control when it comes to your basal metabolic rate, um, you can control how many calories you consume in a given day. So I know this totally seems counterintuitive, but a lot of times when you consume more calories, more of the right calories, you can actually have a higher metabolism than someone who consumes less calories. Now, before we get into like any sort of confusion about like, oh, you know, starvation mode or something like that, that doesn't exist. Starvation mode is not a thing. Okay. Your body will not go into starvation mode if you eat, you know, a, a, a tiny amount of calories per day. However, there is some evidence to suggest that if you are going on a super low calorie diet, like less than a thousand calories per, per day, your body is smart enough to realize, hey, I'm not getting enough calories to basically flourish uh, or survive. So I'm going to down regulate basically the processes and metabolism within the body so that I can utilize these calories a little bit better. So meaning you become more fuel efficient for the most part. Okay. Now, if you're eating 800 calories a day, you probably will lose a lot of weight on that and you'll feel like crap. Okay. So don't think that if you eat, you know, this crazy amount or sorry, this, um, crazy small amount of calories that you're not going to lose weight because it's going to affect your metabolism and do some voodoo magic. No, if you eat 800 calories a day, you are absolutely going to lose weight. But here's the problem. When you go to increase those calories and you get back onto some kind of normal eating routine, well, when you go back into that normal eating routine and you jump your calories up to something a little more respectable, like 1,800, 1,900, or 2,000 plus calories per day, well, now you're going to be in a little bit of a pickle because your metabolism has basically downregulated and it's going to have all these excess calories coming in that it's not going to know what to do with. So you, that's when you can run into problems and maybe get stored as fat or whatnot. But so long story short, if you're eating more of the right calories, you know, high protein diet, getting your fiber, getting your fruits, getting your vegetables, um, and you're eating the right foods, these nutrient dense, whole real food sources, you can actually raise your basal metabolic rate. And that's what we want. So in addition to this, how many calories you consume, uh, the amount of muscle mass that you have on your frame, on your body at any given time is actually going to increase your basal metabolic rate. Now, why is this is because muscle is a metabolically active tissue. It needs calories in order to just exist, to maintain itself. So don't go and think that having more muscle on your frame is going to turn you into this like calorie burning machine and it's automatically going to like drop you down to whatever single digit percent body fat like no it's not how it works it's a it's a small change but it is a change for the better i forget the exact number and don't quote me on this but i want to say you burn it's somewhere between like five and six calories per pound of lean muscle you have on your frame at any given time now if you do the math and you have 
whatever, 80 pounds of lean muscle on your tissue, on your tissue, on your body. Uh, it basically equates to like, um, whatever that math is 400 to 500 calories per day. Now that's not a crazy amount. It takes 3,500 calories to burn one pound of fat. But if you think about it, going from 75 pounds of muscle to 80 pounds of muscle and packing on those pounds and adding the lean muscle to your frame over time, which is what we should really be concerned about over time, it's going to make an incredible difference in your metabolism. Okay. It does not seem like a lot. Think of it in the same terms of, you know, financials. If you put away a dollar a day, yeah, you know, that one day you put away $1, it's not a big deal. You barely notice it's gone. But after one month, two months, six months, one year, two years, three years, that's a lot of dollars. And now you can go to Paris. You know what I mean? So it's the same thing with your lean muscle mass on your body. You're only burning, you know, 10, 20, 30, 100 more calories per day if you increase your lean muscle mass. And this is just a number I pulled out of my butt. Everyone's going to be different. But it will make a tremendous impact in the long run. And honestly, that's what we're all after. Because if you've been listening to the podcast, you know that we are fans of basically long-term goals. Health is a long-term thing. It is not something that you try to win or accomplish or achieve in a matter of two weeks. We're talking 10 years. Okay. So this is the approach that we're trying to take with this. Now, in addition to muscle mass, uh, your body composition, and we kind of already talked on this, the higher the muscle mass that you have, the more calories you're going to burn, the less fat that you have, the basically the better your basal metabolic rate is going to be. So if you just work on improving your body composition, let's say you're already pretty muscly, but you lower that body fat percentage, well, you're going to do a good job of helping increase your basal metabolic rate at the same time. So keep that in mind. And then last but not least, um, probably something that everyone could probably guess that affects your basal metabolic rate is your activity level. So are you sedentary? Do you work at a desk job? Do you sit for eight hours a day and then commute for 30 minutes a day and then watch TV when you get home? Or do you have a manual labor job where you're on your feet all day, doing construction, working with your hands, doing something like that? Um, your, your, your activity throughout the day is going to affect your basal metabolic rate. The higher the activity, the higher your basal metabolic rate. I need a drink. This is exhausting talking like this. My mouth is so dry. Okay. Now, some of you might be asking, well, Chris, what is the difference between my basal metabolic rate and my resting metabolic rate? (laughs) Well, curious listener. I'll tell you. So like we said before, your BMR, your basal metabolic rate, that's going to measure the minimum number of calories that your body needs to basically survive. So right now, if you were to lay down and not do anything except blink and breathe, that's your basal metabolic rate. Okay. Your body is simply existing and it's burning calories to exist and not die. Basically. Now your resting metabolic rate, your RMR, This is a little bit different because this includes your day-to-day functions and activities. So things like walking, going up the stairs, sitting down, brushing your teeth, turning on the radio, uh, getting your phone out of your pocket to listen to this podcast, pressing play on your phone. Those are the little minuscule activities that are going to account for your resting metabolic rate. Typically, 
your RMR, your resting metabolic rate, is going to be a little bit higher than your basal metabolic rate simply because you're adding in more activity. So I'm going to say for the most part, these terms are largely interchangeable because they're very similar. There's only a minor difference. And if you actually accounted for the calorie burn for things like you know, getting your phone out of your pocket, going to the bathroom, it's going to be very minor, very minor. So when it comes to discussing this with someone, if you were to say BMR, RMR, just know they are separate things, but they are the same thing. They are same, same, but different. Okay. So now you guys know that. So again, to recap so far, out of your total daily energy expenditure, okay, your resting energy expenditure is consisted of your BMR, basal metabolic rate. And this accounts for 70% of your calories burned in a given day. I'm going to repeat that. Your resting energy expenditure, your basal metabolic rate accounts for 70% of the calories that you burn in a given day. So we'll talk about this a little bit more later, but just think about that simply by just existing and the factors that you can influence to make this number a little bit different. 70% of your calorie burn is going to account from these factors. Just food for thought, just food for thought. Now, getting into the other half of your total daily energy expenditure, you have your non-resting energy expenditure. And this is exactly what it sounds like. You are not at risk. These are things that are happening. They are active, okay? Now, your non-resting energy expenditure accounts for 30% of the calories burned within a given day. So obviously, you can do a little bit of math. Resting energy expenditure accounts for 70%. Non-resting energy expenditure accounts for 30%. And we're going to dive into why this is important later when it comes to your weight management goals, because obviously, the numbers are a little bit skewed in a way that not a lot of people are aware of, okay? So... When it comes to your NREE, non-resting energy expenditure, we have what's known as non-exercise activity thermogenesis. And this is a big term, and I'm just going to call it NEAT for the time being, N-E-A-T. So non-exercise activity thermogenesis is basically a nerdy scientist, scientific way of saying the non-exercise activity that you do throughout the day. So this could mean going for a walk around the block. This could mean gardening. This could mean taking the three flights of stairs in order to get to your office at work. It could mean the household chores that you are doing. It could mean playing with your kids on the floor. These are all the activities that you do in a given day that are not designated workouts. You don't wake up with a plan to do these things. They are just things that happen throughout the day. They are moving your body in order to live your life. Okay. So this NEAT accounts for 15% of your total daily energy expenditure. Okay. That is on paper, what probably seems like not a big amount of calories burned throughout the day. Say 15%. Oh, 
that's nothing. Like, wait till we talk about workouts. Like, I bet that's a lot higher. And that's where you'd be wrong. So if I were to take your paycheck and take 15% of it every single time, you bet your sweet ass you would notice that, okay? So don't think that 15% of your total daily calorie burn is like nothing to, or it's something to scoff at, I should say. It is a huge contributing factor, not the day of, not two days worth, but over the course of a week, a month, two months, a year, okay? And this is going to be a common theme throughout this discussion. It's not what happens today. It's not what happens tomorrow. It's not the combination of today and tomorrow. It is the compound effect of every single day going forward. So this neat aspect of your metabolism when it comes to weight loss, when it comes to fat loss, is probably a hugely underutilized tool when it comes to breaking through plateaus. A lot of people are going to be concerned about their one designated 45-minute workout, their balls-to-the-wall workout, or um, you know their hit sprints or something like that. Okay, Wait till I tell you how much that accounts for, and then we'll see if it kind of changes your mindset and how you approach these things. So right now, if you're listening to this and you're trying to understand your metabolism and weight loss is a goal or fat loss is a goal, I need you to understand that NEAT this non-exercise activity throughout the day, hugely important when it comes to overall calorie burn. Do not ignore it. Make it a priority, okay? Now, within this non-resting energy expenditure, so again, you have your total daily calorie burn. You have your non-resting calorie burn, and we just talked about non-exercise activity within that little branch. Now we have what's known as the thermic effect of food, okay? And the thermic effect of food kind of falls under that same branch of non-resting energy expenditure. The thermic effect of food basically means how many calories are needed to digest, break down, process, and absorb all the food that you eat, okay? Now, this thermic effect of food accounts for 10% of your total daily energy expenditure. So not a lot of people are aware of this, but the food that you eat, the food that you put in your mouth, the choices that you are making when it comes to eating and making your breakfast, making your lunch, making your dinner, those foods are processed and digested differently within your body. And the different macronutrients are digested differently. And it takes more calorie burn, literally your body has to burn calories to digest certain foods and there is a hierarchy. So when it comes to the highest thermic effect of food, right at the top, as you may have guessed, protein, okay? We've all heard protein is incredibly important when it comes to a healthy diet um, for building lean muscle, for burning fat, for losing weight and it's for good reason, okay? Protein has a thermic effect of about 20 to 30%, meaning 20 to 30% of the calories that you eat from a source of protein are going to be burned in the process of digesting that protein. So a simple math example, if you eat 100 calories worth of chicken breast, which is basically pure protein, almost, 20 to 30 of those calories are going to be burned simply by 
eating it, digesting it, processing it, and then absorbing it into your bloodstream and into your muscles. And this is why high protein diets tend to work fantastically for things like fat loss, because you are eating calories, you're giving your body what it needs in terms of calories, in terms of protein, but your body also has to work to digest and break down that protein. It is literally a win-win for everyone involved, except for the chicken that you're eating. Sucks for him, but hey, that's the way the cookie crumbles. Am I right? After protein, we have carbohydrates. Carbohydrates have the second highest thermic effect of the three macronutrients, but it is a pretty significant dip. So carbs have a thermic effect of about five to 10%, meaning five to 10% of those calories from carbohydrates are burned during the digestion process. Now I'm sure it's going to be different for lots of foods and certain carbs are going to have higher thermic effects and blah, blah, blah. But let's just keep things simple. When you eat carbs, five to 10% of it are going to be burned in the digestion process. And then bringing up the rear, we have fats, which have a thermic effect of zero to 5%. So not very high at all. If you are eating a spoonful of peanut butter and it contains 250 calories, there's a good chance that you are going to you basically absorb 250 calories, give or take, or pretty close to it. So when it comes to basically increasing the amount of calories that you burn in a given day, you have to start making some smarter food choices. You have to start prioritizing protein at every single meal. You have to start making better quality choices. So more fruits, more vegetables, um, basically making sure you are decreasing the amount of processed foods, the amount of highly, um, Hi, did I just say processed? I can't even remember. I'm walking circles in a room right now uh, and I can't remember anything I said because it's 90 degrees in here because we don't get circulation up here apparently. Anyway, uh, I digress. Um, start making better choices, less processed food, more whole real foods uh, and start prioritizing that protein and it's going to make a tremendous difference. Now, bringing up the rear when it comes to your total daily energy expenditure – we have exercise, activity, thermogenesis. This is your planned workouts for any given day. When you wake up and you say, I'm going to go to the gym for 45 minutes, I'm going to do three sets of 10 squats, three sets of eight reverse lunges, hamstring curls, calf raises, and then I'm going to hit the abs a little bit, okay? This is what it means when you are referring to your exercise, activity, thermogenesis, your EAT your EAT. Now, if you can do math and you've been taking notes or anything like that, you know that there's only 5% left when it comes to your total daily energy expenditure. And yes, that's right. Your planned workouts on any given day and on average will account for 5% of your total calorie burn through any given day. Now, having known that, that your workout for the day accounts for 5% of what you burn in a given day. Do you think it's a good idea to prioritize and shift some things when it comes to your fat loss or weight loss efforts? Now, if you're thinking about this and debating, you're dumb. Sorry, just, just gonna call it like I see it. I'm gonna be brutally honest, okay? Yes, workouts are important. I will never not encourage you to strength train on any given day. It is vastly important for a whole bunch of reasons. But 
when it comes to weight loss, fat loss, or even gain, it's probably not the top priority that you should focus on when it comes to burning more calories and losing a little bit of weight, okay? So this exercise activity thermogenesis accounts for 5% of your total daily calorie burn, yet too many of us are treating it like it accounts for 70%. And this is the major pitfall that a lot of people are going to run into when it comes to weight management, uh, body composition, maintaining a healthy BMI, whatever is your goal and your phrasing of how you want to do it. This is a major pitfall, okay? After everything that we've reviewed um, and all the factors that go into it, there are things that are going to contribute more to your overall fat loss than your workouts will. Yes, they're important. Yes, you probably need to do them. But honestly, in terms of just metabolism and the calories that you burn in any given day, food, sleep, stress management, um, the activity that you do in a given day, just being more active, getting those 10,000 steps, I would argue that these things are going to be more important just based off of the percentages and what your body utilizes as you're going throughout the day. So let's review, shall we? Out of everything that you burn within a given day, your total daily calorie burn or energy expenditure, 70% of those calories burned are going to come from your resting energy expenditure, your basal metabolic rate, simply by just existing. And remember, you can affect this number. You can absolutely influence it by how much muscle mass you have, how old you are, how many quality calories you're consuming on a given day. Um, your Well, you can't really control your genetics. Sorry about that. Um, but your body composition, your activity level, those things are going to account for 70% of your daily calorie burn. So if you take away one thing from this podcast, it's that, okay? 70% is from my rest, my resting energy expenditure. So how do I influence that for the better? And then, spoiler, there's going to be a part two to this podcast, at least that's what I'm planning, where O'Shane and I will actually talk about how do I go about implementing some of these changes to influence those factors so that I can optimize basically my calorie burn throughout a given day. Okay. Now, aside from your resting calorie burn, your resting energy expenditure, then you go into your non-resting energy expenditure. And this is your daily activities, your non-planned workouts, and the thermic effect of food. Okay. Combined, those two things are going to account for 25% of the calories that you burn within a given day. Eat more protein because it's got a high thermic effect. Your body is literally burning calories to process it. Um, make sure your calories are coming from whole, real food sources, high in fiber, high in nutrients, vitamins, um, all of those good things. And then you can worry about your workouts because that only accounts for 5% of your calorie burn in a given day. So hopefully this has been enlightening and educational for some of you, maybe a review for some of you, but it never hurts to review some things. Um, but now you can go forward and basically have a better appreciation for what goes on in your body and any, any given day and how it will translate into, uh, optimizing your performance and reaching your goals in a more efficient manner. 
So like I said, hopefully there will be a part two to this coming up sometime soon. uh, And we'll actually talk about real life strategies and habit changes and things that you can do to help optimize these processes within your body so that things work in your favor and you accomplish your goals a little bit more efficiently. So again, hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, If you liked it, share it with a friend. And until then, I will talk to you guys next time.